Welcome to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast with Jacob Ayers, providing actionable content to help you along your journey to financial freedom through real estate investing. As the premier asset class, real estate has helped ordinary people just like you amass fortunes. The benefits of passive income from real estate investing will allow you to live a life you want. And now your host, entrepreneur, real estate investor, and apartment deal syndicator, Jacob Ayers. the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad you're here. This week's special guest is Esteban Andrade, founder of Hustle Media, a lead generation agency committed to helping provide more leads and closings to real estate investors just like you. Today, we're going to talk all things lead generation, finding off-market deals, motivated sellers, and helping you find and close more deals. Esteban, welcome to the show today. Thank you so much for having me, man. It's an awesome show. It's our pleasure. Our pleasure. Well, Esteban, tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, where you're coming to us from in this part of the world today. So I've became a big traveler the few past months and moving around to actually years. <laughs> I'm right now in Toronto, Ontario. That's kind of like where I was partially raised. I used to live in Canada, then I moved to Michigan. When I moved to Michigan, that's kind of where I got into the real estate and real estate got to me, honestly. And then I moved to South Florida. So if you go to Miami, Fort Lauderdale, that area, especially Miami, because now I'm moving to Miami, then you're going to find me down there with the palms, palm trees. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, tell us about how you kind of got started in the world of real estate investing or how it found you, as you put it. Yeah. <laughs> when I moved from Toronto to Michigan, which is in Detroit. Specifically, I started looking at the opportunities that could have happened in that city, especially because you take a look at all these, you know, burned down homes or homes that really just need tons of repairs mm-hmm. or just homes that, you know, that are truly vacant or have been abandoned for years. You also see these big buildings the same way that are, you know, sometimes you'll see a skyscraper abandoned in Detroit, like maybe five years ago. And that's where I came. That's where I came to actually really find an interest and kind of fall in love with the idea to get into real estate just because of the opportunity that was like, I was smelling down there. The big investors and the big contributors to the growth of the city, especially them that are kind of like doing the rehab stuff and kind of like putting the city back together to its feet and the neighborhoods as well. You know, of course, they're pushing really strong with downtown and midtown Detroit. And seeing all those kind of things kind of got me and some other wannabe, which we were all wannabes at the time. That's where we all start, right? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So we were three and we just decided that we wanted to flip homes and that we wanted to do the work. Fortunately enough, we had an integrator brain. We had a contractor brain, which have done not full rehabs, but partial rehabs in the past. You know, construction knowledge, material knowledge, cost knowledge, all of that. And well, it was me. I'm more of a divisionary brain. 
And we were going to be starting doing rehabs in Detroit. And we were trying to buy houses as much as possible. I mean, we just started with auctions. And that was the only way that we saw at the moment on how to find properties. We kind of did have an idea of like, if you kind of drive past the neighborhood, you'll find property. But it wasn't like, oh, this is marketing. This is how it works. We should go and actually knock the door and actually like, see if there is a homeowner or try to get to addresses this property so we can find the phone number of this homeowner. Like we did not know anything of that. We were just like, let's go the old way, the, the way that I think it would work, which is auctions. And so we went to an auction site and we tried to buy our first property because we were just going at it. Like we were just going to do a flip, a full renovation on a house and then three, four months and cash out. That was going to be our first experience. We wanted to go through all that hands-in, you know, we wanted to get super hands-in into the process and take advantage of what Detroit was doing, which is basically revitalizing the neighborhoods. That's kind of like how they've, you know, it found me because you pass by the city and you just see like, wow, like (laughs) there's so much here to do, like so much. Yeah, that's awesome. As a young guy, you're cutting your teeth in the city of Detroit, trying to be part of this revitalization process, wanting to get started in the world of real estate investing. Now, I assume you don't have a large pile of capital to just go out and invest. So you're looking at creative ways, right? You're looking at how can I get into this real estate space with, you know, kind of uh, with my drive and my determination and not so much my capital, right? So you guys look as auctions as your first place to find properties. Auctions work differently in different states and municipalities, but you essentially show up the courthouse steps, you bid on the property. Oftentimes you have to pay all cash for the property, but sometimes the benefits are you can buy it for pennies on the dollar, right? So this is what you and your team are doing. How does that go for you? Yeah, well, man, the, the good thing is that we try to be as, in quotation marks, smart as possible. So this mm-hmm. auctions was a site. It was like an actual like kind of like web app, call it like that. So it would just auction in your house, which is great. You okay. don't have to go to these courts. Gotcha. Because uh, we knew that, you know, we had to go to courts and it was like during work period and like, nah, we didn't want to do that, kind of leave work for that. So we were just doing that in a site. It was called somethingdetroit.org. But what we found out is down the process after we had, we were outbid like three or four times in a row. And during the process of us actually winning on one property that we won the bid at close to $13,000. During that process, we found out after putting the down payment, after you know, starting the planning of the rehab and you know, doing all this process to get started and you know, wasting time or going back and forth with the city and things like that, we realized that in the contract, the way that they wanted to do Detroit was they wanted future residents to stay there and to live there or future like these people that are now homeowners and that purchased this home, they wanted them to stay. They only allowed them to keep the property for a maximum of three months or yet yeah, three months where they had about three months to make it livable. If they don't make it livable, so someone can actually live there, such as yourself, they will take it back 
And if it was a historic home, I think it was like six months because it's, you know, it's just different type. Yeah. But also one thing that we didn't realize, okay, is that we needed to keep the title of the property in our name for a minimum of three years. So, <laughs> you know, kind of makes it hard now, to flip if you, if you have to exactly. own the property for three years, right? Exactly. So that model at the time we were like, oh my God, we can't really flip this property. Like we can't just really rehab it just for the cash, cash out fast. And yeah, I know we're going to put a lot of repair money there. So at the moment, because we didn't have the strategy that, you know, our creative way to get some money from private money or whatever, we didn't get any type of creative ways in doing it. We did not also have the intention of keeping this property. Like we were going to put like tons of money in repairs and we were trying to flip it. We were we did not have the intention of making it a rent or not even Airbnb because it would have been kind of hard to Airbnb that property. But we did not have intention of putting it for a rental. So we had to make a decision that we were going to lose some money. We're going to keep looking for more properties or more opportunities or more things to, within this arena. But this one, we had to let it go. We had to give it to someone else. Okay, so we lost some money in the down payment. We learned that, you know, sometimes you do have to ask these questions in the due diligence. (laughs) And we learned also that, like, the city is just wanting for residents to stay and to live, right? Like, they kind of don't want flippers to take advantage of these homes that are in their inventory. So there is a lot of homes. Some of them, of course, are not owned by the city or the county, but there is still a lot of homes in that website, which I forgot the website mm-hmm. name, but yeah. So here you so, guys are, you, uh, you guys go to this auction, you bid on this house, you think, hey, we're going to flip this property only to come to find out that the city says, no, 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 you have to own the property for three years, thus making flipping not a feasible business model. So you guys didn't want to hold on to it and rent it or Airbnb it or a number of other things you possibly could do. So you have to let the deal go. You lose a little money. You kind of go through the school of hard knocks with that deal, right? But you probably learned a lot of lessons along the way, how to, yeah, how to you know, buy properties in this market in an investor-friendly kind of model, right? So what lessons did you take away from there? And then what did you do next? How did you guys continue to grow and scale? Because it doesn't sound like that was your first and only deal you ever did. <laughs> So, man, honestly, lessons that I did was like due diligence before in terms of like making a contract or or having a contract at hand, due diligence is super important. I mean, this was a deal that was done with Detroit Land Bank Authority, which is like kind of the city, right? So it's a little bit different if you were to do it with a homeowner or even a wholesaler or whatever that is, making sure that all this due diligence is done and, and expectations are clear from the very beginning. Super, super important. Otherwise, you're going to, you could fall into traps, things, or you could fall into like just different situations that it might be hard to kind of come out. And actually, I just remembered the website's called buildingdetroit.org. You can check it out. A lot of, you know, people actually ended up getting a property there for the contractor, ended up purchasing a property and we ended up doing the flip on that one 
but he actually stayed living there, right? So like, okay. yeah, we actually purchased a property from there. But yeah, man, if you're not setting full expectations and you don't have the expectations fully clear from the very beginning about th- situations like this, and then things like this come out, it's going to be very hard for you to kind of like get out of a situation where it's in a written contract, right? So I definitely recommend doing that and going with an expert, honestly. Like just the moment that we realized that we were like so stupid is that we didn't realize there's so many other ways to really find off-market properties. Like so many ways. You drive for dollars. Yeah, you knock on the doors. You send mailers. You have a website and work on your authority on the website so that people see you. You run ads, you cold call, you do SMS. All so many you JV with other wholesalers. Like there's so many, so many ways to get off market properties. All right. And that's kind of like what started learning after I got in the field to work with a cash buyer in Detroit. The company's called Detroit for Cash. Well, that's when I started to get more experience. Yeah. Okay. It's one of those you don't know what you don't know, right? When you're starting out, you think maybe, hey, I'm going to go out and try to find a creative transaction, right? So you guys go to the auction. That doesn't work out, but you don't stop there. You continue to learn and figure out your mistakes, learn from your mistakes. And now you are an expert in finding off-market deals, finding motivated sellers. Talk about why that's so important for you when you were starting out and other investors. Why is it important to find these creative deals, find off-market leads, off-market properties? Yeah. So it's, I'm going to say it in terms of a business, okay? So when you get into real estate investing and you get into wholesaling or whatever related to this, you have to take it as a business. What does a business need? A business, in order to grow, in order to actually become a business, you need lead generation, and you need sales. So lead generation is creating opportunities for your customers to buy your product or try your service or just buy your service, right? Mm-hmm. And sales is getting those that have said, yes, I'm interested in buying your product or trying your service to getting them in the door, right? You have to be able to get that. And it's so important for an investor to find off-market property or just someone that is looking to sell their property because you're going direct to the person, the seller, right? Mm-hmm. There's no in between. A wholesaler does this. He does the hard work, which is finding a yeah. property. And all of that is through the marketing that is done. And since we're looking at this in a business perspective, and now you're building a business, all right? A repeatable, consistent business. You have lead generation, you have sales, which is one of the two most important things. Now, you also need those if you are, for example, a wholesaler in the back end because you need to disposition those properties. So you need to generate your own buyer leads, right? People that are interested. And you also need sales because you need to negotiate with them on a good assignment if you're doing an assignment fee. Well, if you're the investor that you know buys cash, that's fine. You're going to negotiate with yourself with how much you can afford but you still need to have lead generation and sales. And then the other part of the foundation is going to be the systems that you create, right? In order to sustain this lead generation and sustain the sales that are coming in and actually create a measurable business that is sustainable. 
So I say it away like that in a business standpoint. But if you don't have leads, then you don't have investments. If you don't have motivated sellers, then you don't have a business. Like if you don't have people telling you that they need to sell a property fast and then they need cash and they're in trouble or how can you help? You don't have nothing. It's zero. It's like, honestly, it is what you need the most in here because that's what it is, right? So there's many ways to cultivate this acquisitions process. And one of those is going into what everyone does, which is, of course, you grab a list, you're going to skip trace this list. This list has to maybe match some criteria where maybe it's a vacant property Mm -hmm. for X amount of years that has X amount of equity. And maybe the homeowner is going through some ridiculous amount of pains or pain points or whatever that is that you can find. Maybe a bankruptcy or a divorce or an out-of-state owner or... Exactly. Right. And then you skip trace, which means that you you get the information, a phone number, an email, so you can reach out to these people and even and ask me if they're remotely looking to sell. So it's kind of like a guessing game, right? Like you're trying to guess, let's go with this and see how much I can squeeze. Let's go with this list, right? Yeah. And you do that with cold calling, you do that with SMS, you do that with uh, voicemails that you send out. But there is other ways. And again, all this is the acquisitions never ending game. Like as soon as you turn off calling these people or as soon as you turn off your ads or whatever, it's your business is like, going down like down and downhill so but there is the other ways all right where sellers first start noticing you and you starting to create a name for yourself in your market okay you're starting to be more noticeable to people that are going through these situations and through time you will make sure that you let people know what you do how you can help how they can benefit from you depending on the situation You call out these individuals by doing paid marketing in online, in the online world. And right now with Facebook, Instagram, and Google dominating this freaking space, right? Mm -hmm. There's no other better place than to put your name out there. And it's the same thing with your own, with your business, with cash buyers, for example. Like you put your name out there and you let people know that you always have deals and that you are having deals and they're seeing your growth and you're putting yourself, your name out there is the same thing. But now we're putting it with sellers, all right? So you're putting yourself, you're setting yourself in Google, you're setting yourself in Facebook and you're paying these two platforms to show to specific individuals that, for example, go into Google and click type. I need to sell my house fast or how do I get cash for my home? All right. Or cash for homes or Mm -hmm. or how do I sell without a realtor? I need to sell fast, but don't have money for repairs. All these things that are keywords that Google is going to, of course, know the moment that they search and is going to show you, show your company, your listing on a paid advertising. So you're going to be the first one. And you're going to see this from the bigger companies. This is one of the biggest acquisitions methods that they do because it's the most effective to find actual people that need to sell. And also 
is the easiest people to talk to, all right, because they have the intention of selling the property, because they have done a search, a web search, okay, and they have put these keywords together or these questions on Google saying, I need to sell. How do I sell fast? I can't deal with the property anymore. I'm about to fall into foreclosure. Whatever those keywords are, and you pop up, right? And you're that savior, that angel that is going to actually help them. Now, the problem with this is that there might be another one, another one, and another one <laughs> also maybe doing this. And so that's why you need, apart from generating that lead and now it's interested, you need sales, right? So you need to be able to be very good on the phone and having an everlasting impression with this seller to be able to truly extract their pain, to truly extract their motivation, understand what's going on and negotiate a offer, all right? Of course, you let them tell you what it is that they want for their property. But ultimately, the acquisition part is now the sales. It's like, how can I actually get this person that is in pain and also has seen all their competitors of me? How can I show them, I can make them see that they truly need me and I am the person, I'm the right person to go for right? That, that's why lead generation and sales go together like so tremendously in this business. Even if you are a real estate investor and you want to stop using wholesalers and you want to go direct to the seller, you have to know that this is extremely crucial, all right? And in sales, you need to have the process of having a good first impression with the seller, all right? Being able to truly follow up like a beast, like very, very good, okay? And you have to be able to quickly extract the information that you absolutely require and get that ammunition, which is ultimately the pain points that I'm mentioning to you, all right? To be able to negotiate, uh, structure a deal, okay? And potentially be able to find ways creatively to find this, to help this individual, all right? That's super key. These people that come from Google, these people that come from Facebook, they are motivated to sell, but they're not necessarily having a ugly looking property. Because remember, distress does not necessarily go with motivation. Motivation does not necessarily go with distress. So when you do Google lead generation, which is called pay-per-click or Facebook ads or Instagram ads lead generation, you're going to find people that are looking to sell for whatever reason that is. There is random reasons all the time, like happening to people, right? There is some that are really bad, some of them that are like, okay, makes sense. And the ones that are really bad, you're going to find them and maybe it's going to be like a little easier process, but you still are going to find people that have a recently purchased home or a home that purchased three years ago or a home that it's not looking too bad. But you're also, of course, you're going to find people that have really bad looking homes that need a lot of repairs. So with this inbound process, because now you're attracting people to you, you have to be able to not only rely on a cash offer deals, but creatively have solutions and act as a consultant with these people. And if a person has a lot of equity, well, that's good for cash offers and things like that. I mean, if a person has a lot of equity but does not want to sell for cash or doesn't make sense because the property, you know, is good condition, well, then go into your toolbox and 
maybe learn that you can structure a deal through creative financing, seller finance, right? If they don't have a lot of equity, then learn that there is ways to take over that property through terms, all right? If, if the property is better off as a listing, perhaps you have a go-to realtor, a strategic partner that you work that property with that strategic realtor or broker and, yeah. and you get money in the back end. Or maybe there's these new things come, well, not really new, but you know, they're starting to get more popular and learn about Novations Agreement, which is not hard to understand. You what is that one? Have Novations Agreement. What is that? So Novations Agreement, and this is from my understanding, I just had a masterclass about it. Like yeah, this is a new ago. one to me. Yeah. So you basically are flipping a property, okay? And you're listing it. So you basically put it back into MLS, all right? Oh, okay. You pull it back. It's kind of like a way to utilize a realtor, okay? Mm-hmm. And utilizing the MLS to quickly flip it in the MLS. Okay, got it. Okay, it's that. And you don't have to, as an investor, you don't have to have a license. You just have to have someone that is an MLS, which is a realtor. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's, it's, re- it's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. You can see the importance of why having a good lead generation strategy and pipeline, whether you're a buy and hold investor, a fix and flip investor, a wholesaler, anybody really, why it's so important to be able to go out and generate leads and finding creative deals as opposed to, you know, working with your local real estate agent and surfing the MLS, right? I mean, those avenues certainly work. I think you've got to have several different tools in your tool belt to effectively consistently find deals. Now, let's say you've creatively found this deal. You've reached out. You've got your lead generation kind of pipeline full. You've got leads coming to you. You're going to leads. And you finally get a deal under contract. Well, now that's really where the rubber meets the road. Now you have to be able to close it, right? So what are some creative ways you've seen to close deals? Yeah. So um, again, one of the most important things that people need to understand is how much I can truly help these people. And in order to help, you need to learn the problem. Okay. So in order to learn the problem, you have to be asking really good questions to the sellers to dig into what is really going on and the time frame and really what's making them sell, whether it makes sense to structure a deal. And after you have all this ammunition, then closing is just a matter of uh, really making sure that this seller gives you a number, okay, and negotiate from there. Now, once the seller gives you a number, once the seller gives you a starting point, okay, and the seller, you have found some sort of pain or you have found some sort of motivation, some sort of urgency for the process. Then you can go into your toolbox and understand that maybe you can give them a cash offer. However, if that doesn't work because your intention was to flip it or just to buy it cash, or maybe you have some private lending and ready to go and things like that. Well, if that doesn't work, you have to go through a ladder of options in order to show them that you're here not only to get to give them the lowest ball offer but to actually help them solve the problem. Now, sometimes at a creative way, like doing terms or doing seller finance or doing all these other, it's not the best for the seller either. So you give them the options 
and you make them realize and negotiate the fact that maybe a cash offer is really the best way for them. And again, and if you don't have this ladder of options, it's going to be very hard to really understand what you can do and help with the seller with, because you're only going to be relying on a cash offer in order to close a deal. Okay. And you have to go. Have you ever heard the saying, if you have a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? But if you have all these tools, then, you know, not everything looks like a nail. So exactly. One tool in your tool belt, and you're just like, cash offer, cash offer, cash offer. Exactly. Maybe that's not what the seller is needing, right? So exactly. And when you show up and you position yourself with that level of authority where you know your stuff, you know you are that clearly that person that can truly, really help. And has this ability of a structure a deal for the seller, for the best of the seller, where you can even structure it for yourself for, to not even sometimes pay a dime, sometimes pay a single dime because you have to structure it so well on terms or something like that, that now the seller not only gets out of the situation, but it's a win-win for you and the seller, right? Being able to explain this to the seller that you're creating a win-win scenario here and that you also need to make money as an investor, but you also are looking to help the seller. And how all of these tools that you have now or these options is going to benefit the seller for the best, that ultimately is kind of the way that you can truly, truly kind of wiggle your way into closing a deal. Of course, now sales, it's a huge science, okay? Now, I'm going to go to Arizona actually on, I think it's December 10, to the Real Estate Disruptors Sales Training, which is a seminar that they walk us through how they actually do their sales process from the beginning to end, and how a lead manager talks with an acquisition manager, and how the acquisition manager handles the seller, how the acquisition manager talks with the underwriting department, because now this is a business that is full-blown business and how all this negotiation process happens with the seller because sometimes you're not going to close in the second call for a second call it requires sometimes some follow-up right because you have to maybe go through some hoops and go and talk with the seller and follow up with the seller making sure i mean some people do one cold close but it's kind of rare but i'm always looking to elevate myself into the sales process because if I elevate myself into a sales process and understand it very well, not only I can close more deals, but I also can teach my team or whoever is going to do it for me how to properly close deals and help people, right? Yeah. All of this is connected. It's super important to do that. Well, Esteban, lead generation and sales are such important skills to have as a real estate investor, as a fix and flipper, as a wholesaler and the likes. I know you've been teaching people through your media company, Hustle Media, how to improve these skills and how to implement them in their business. I want to get into that. But before we do that, as we're starting to wrap up here, let's jump into the lightning round. Just a quick series of questions will fire at you. Quick answering. You up for it? Yeah. Let's All right. It. All right, cool. The first question is, what was your biggest hurdle getting started investing in real estate? And then what did you do to overcome that? I think we spoke a little bit about it, right? It's like me not knowing how to find off-market people. And uh, the way I overcame it was I started working and kind of squatting up. This is how a lot, you know, this term is actually used now. 
squat up with someone that is already doing deals, squat up with someone that is in the game longer than you, but you can add value to their organization, to their whatever acquisition department, whatever they ask you to do. And while you learn in the process, of course, you also lock up deals and learn how to lock up deals as a real estate investor because you're working with someone that maybe already has lead generation sorted out, or maybe they already know enough about a structure and deals. And then you start using your inner genius to help them, right? Yeah. Your hustle to help them. And it's the fastest method because in this game, there's so many real estate investors that sometimes people, they'll feel like, oh, it's just, I'm not going to work with that person. He's my competition. No, it's the best way to do it. And that's how I actually did it. I started working with Detroit for cash. There are cash buyers in Detroit that the whole goal was to find off-market properties in Detroit. And they started, they would buy them, they would flip them, they would put them under their own property management, and they would sell them. Actually, they will sell it to Argentinian investors. So I learned that model. It was pretty cool. Everything was like foreign investors that they would sell it to, and they would also do property management. It was a cool model that was there to help them. I actually helped them with lead generation because I found a way to do it with Facebook at the beginning and with Google. And I was there to help them. And they taught me a lot of the ropes within this space. Love it. Esteban, next question in the lightning round. Do you have a personal habit that contributes to your success? Oh, yes. Honestly, I have to make sure that I remember to always stay consistent. And no matter how motivated you are, no matter how many like podcasts or shows or YouTube videos you see to stay motivated or whatever that is to grow, because this is hard and lonely, the when you do the work, when you're not motivated, those are the most important times, okay? When you do the work, when you're not motivated, those are the most important times, which means that you're consistent. So I remind myself that, ah, I really don't want to do this. I'm just laying on the bed and like, I don't feel like anything and like things aren't really happening that great today or things like that. I'm not motivated. That's when I decide to keep working on this. I love it. That is the, the most important thing to do. And that creates that level of consistency, right? Because you're working when you're motivated and you're not working. And you're working when you're not motivated as well. I love that it. Is, that is it. Totally agree. Esteban, do you have an online resource you find valuable in your business or your day-to-day life? Oh, yes, absolutely. So I use podcasts a lot. I use you know, YouTube a lot. Yeah. And just like this one, I mean, like, I'm pretty sure like, you drop like millions of dollars already in tremendous value for people and people can build a business just even by listening to some of this podcast or even get their first deal. That's 100%. So uh, I almost always having a book to read in Audible, sorry, listen, because <laughs> you don't read, <laughs> yeah. and, and I buy a hardcover. And I almost always listening to people that are truly informative in what's happening day to day. I personally listen a lot to Graham Stephan, Alex Hormozzi, which is business-oriented YouTube and podcasts, and sometimes bigger pockets on some of the titles that I have. Yeah. But uh, these resources are free for you to be there, all right? There is... You have to be very attentive of who you listen to because sometimes listening to too many people 
it's contradictory because there's so many different opinions. So stay consistent on listening to only one or two that you know that you know it works. So I really recommend that. I've had different sales coaches. They have, they have different sales styles, and I, I would just be messy with my yeah, yeah. with my framework. You know? <laughs> Esteban, next question: The lightning around. What book would you recommend to the listeners, and why? Yes, huge, huge, huge book to learn how to really talk with sellers, even just people. That I will always recommend. That that truly like changed the way that I do things in the phone on person is never split the difference. Mm. It's a book that I really recommend. It teaches you how to negotiate with the individual because the author of this book was an FBI agent that was high in ranks that used to negotiate with terrorists whenever they were kidnapped. Okay. So he gives you all the secrets, all the sauce. And literally, literally that book, it's like $5,000 of like a masterclass or a seminar, whatever that is. Yeah. Because it's so, it's so good. Like it teaches you exactly what he used to negotiate with terrorists. I love it. Totally agree. <laughs> That's never split the difference by Chris Boss. He's an ex FBI hostage negotiator. If you haven't checked that book out on Audible or in paperback version, definitely recommend you doing that. We'll link that in the show notes for you to find. Last question in the lightning round, Esteban, if you were to go back and give advice to your 20-year-old self to get started investing in real estate, what would you go back and tell yourself? Uh, that Don't be a chicken and just do it. <laughs> I will tell them, I will tell them, look, look, man, did you know that you don't really need money to start investing? Did you know that you don't really need your own money? Like, you can just be good at networking and maybe raising capital or just negotiating with uh, private lenders to give you some money for you to do your own investments. Do you know that you cannot, you don't necessarily have to use your money? And actually, a majority of the good flippers out there, they don't usually use their money, right? So, I mean, their own personal money, they use other people's money and you have to be able to leverage and just don't be a chicken, just go for it. You know, I love it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Esteban, hey, it's been a good, fun conversation with you. Now, you're no stranger to helping people learn how to implement lead generation strategies, sales strategies to grow and scale their own real estate business through your agency or your media agency company called Hustle Media. Tell us about what you're doing there. Yeah, absolutely. So we actually do take you to different uh, strategies and we take you to uh, three different phases. First phase is we will help you get set up with the channel that really is right for you. And most of the time, that channel is going to be Facebook and Instagram, where we target people that are looking to sell their property fast through creatives, video, ad copy, all right, things that pop in their screen. And because it's so smart, Facebook is so smart, and Instagram, it will know exactly who we want to target, which is people that are going through divorce, foreclosure, inherited properties, some sort of situation. And then we want to go out there and help them. So we position ourselves there. Then we would set up, all right, the entire thing campaign for you, actually. If you want us to teach as well, that's fine. All right. We can also go into like a done with you kind of package, but done for you, we do everything for you and we'll run your advertising. Okay. We will run your campaigns. So that lead generation starts popping new leads, appointments, all right? So we do appointments. We focus a lot in appointment setting. 
And we have humans in the back end of our agency that are American, Canadian, okay, have a great accent. Yeah, they know the uh, they know the culture. It, we're we're using American Canadian people to call these leads for you as soon as they come in and book appointments on your calendar or do a live transfer. And what they do is that they go through the four pillars, which is going to be what's your motivation, what's the condition of the property, what's your time frame, and what's rock bottom offer that you like for your property. Like mm-hmm. what's your rock bottom price? So we do that. We hand it off to you. We also give you a nice piece of a CRM. If you don't have a CRM, that's excellent. And we make sure that your leads are organized in the CRM. And we created systems and processes so that you can follow up with them. Right? You know, take down notes, put down tasks for yourself, make sure that you are super organized and managing these leads, which a lot of people struggle. They are forgetful, lazy, things like that. And, <laughs> not consistent, <but> right? <laughs> not consistent, but we we'll also have an account manager that is going to be your accountability buddy and also report on how everything's going. And at the same time, we also have a sales coach that is going to every single week go inside a room in Zoom and we're going to cover the art of selling, negotiating, creative financing, deal structuring. All of this is going to be huge for you because it consistently gives you that consistent type of refresh or training if you're new to sales or not that good at sales. Because we will call your leads. We will call our own leads. We will go through the whole intro process of when we get a seller on the phone, whether that's when we reach out or when they book an appointment, how to take the appointment, how to follow up properly with them, how to you know extract all the pain points, extract all of this. So we have a sales coach right there. He's a sales trainer. He's actually our closer too, but now we have other people. And now he's more into the education because he loves to educate and like really like show people. And we have, it's one hour a week and we have that for you. All right. And then we go on to other phase where we will implement Google PPC in a further downline because Google PPC, it's your money real fast. Yeah. PPC, yeah. <laughs> Google, they love eating your money. It's just like eats <laughs> yeah. and uh, it's more expensive. So if you're, now that you have generated some ROI in your third month, starting for a month, because maybe you close a deal or something like that, then we will start with Google PPC, which is more expensive, but it's intent-based driven because people are searching for you. So that's what we do. You can also start with PPC at the beginning. It all depends on how much you want your money to be eaten. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Less amount of people want to learn more about this and learn about more about where they can learn about your agency, tell us a little bit about where they can find that. Absolutely. So Hustle Media and the way that it is created and it's pronounced, I mean, it's written right now, is H-E-S-E-L media.com. And that's where you can book an appointment with me and or our advisors. And we will basically walk you through the entire process. We'll make sure that we are right fit, make sure that this makes sense for you. Or, you know, if it doesn't, we'll try to reroute you. And we also have estebanandrade.com, which is my name, just estebanandrade.com, where you can also find me there. And you will find a personal landing page where you can actually book an appointment with me to talk about business. And if not, then you can also go to our Facebook group, which is real estate investing and wholesaling. 
marketing and conversion mastery. And there we're actually focused, trying to focus on the first series of our podcast on real estate marketing and conversion, which is lead generation and sales, all right, or acquisitions, right? Conversion, how to convert leads, how to do this. And we bring in players, other players, such as Jacob, and we make them basically spit their diamond bars, all right? So like we want them to drop value just as um, we're trying to drop value here. And we're trying to create like a kind of like a mini free coaching there because I'm trying to extract so much from these people by asking them questions, yeah, sure. right? And so, yeah, we have different topics every week now. Fantastic. Uh, in, yeah. Yes, sir. Well, if you guys want to check more about Esteban out and what he's doing with his company, that's Hustle Media spelled H-E-S-E-L. Go there, check it out. You'll understand why the spelling. I've done it myself. Esteban, you're a sales guru, lead generation expert. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. It's been a lot of fun talking with you and having you on. Thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom podcast, providing you actionable content to build your real estate empire. Nothing on this show should be considered specific, personal, or professional advice. Please consult an appropriate tax, legal, real estate, financial, or business professional for personal advice. The opinions of guests are their own. Information is not guaranteed. All investment strategies have a potential for profit or loss. The host is operating on behalf of the Real Estate Way to Wealth and Freedom, LLC, exclusively.